I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hi friends, happy Monday. I hope your weekend treated you well. Today we are going to have a conversation about the Enneagram and creation. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. So my rose is that when I planted my garden a couple of weeks ago, I also planted some seeds along with some fully formed plants. When I did the seeds, it was kind of like, maybe this will work, maybe it won't. But I am here to say that the dill and the kale are sprouting and it is a beautiful thing. My thorn is I just like do not understand how it is already May. Like how did we get here so fast? I'm, it's unreal. My bud is that my husband starts a new job soon. Um, he is off of school for the summer, so he took on a job and means he's going to be a barista again for a season. And that means I get to flirt with him. There's nothing better than flirting with your barista, especially if you know it's mutual. Okay, so before we start our conversation, I want to invite you to join me and my online community, The Brave Collective. Doors are open right now and they are going to close soon, so definitely go check it out at thebravecollective.co. The link will be in the show notes for you too. Now, the first time I burned out, I was 17 years old. And the third time I burned out, I was 24 years old. I'd been running my photography business for close to two years, and I'd invested in every kind of education you could possibly imagine. I'd taken all of the online courses, hired the coaches, attended the conferences. I took the advice that everyone was giving, and I mean everyone. When one photographer said to blog five times a week, I blogged five times a week. When another said, share your perfect packaging, I went to town trying to create a jaw-dropping setup for my clients. When another sold me on in-person sales, I tried that too. The only person I wasn't listening to was me. This led me to being overworked, spread thin, and feeling directionless. My passion for my business had been replaced with lackluster renditions of what everyone else was doing. I found myself overworked, underpaid, and overwhelmed. I'd taken on all of these tasks and given my time away without knowing why I was doing it. One night in the middle of my overwhelm, I found myself laying in bed unable to sleep. My thoughts were running through all of the tasks that I had on my plate and how that didn't seem to add up when it came to the number in my bank account. I went for a night swim and at some point while holding my breath underwater, potentially checking in with myself for the first time in a long time, I realized that none of these people were doing all of the things that were being taught at these conferences. They were doing the things that they were teaching. They were creating exceptional experiences, incredible content and profitable businesses in the way that worked for them and letting the rest go. Now, thankfully they took the time to share those methods with me, but I don't think any of them intended for me to try to do them all, all at once. And that's what I hope for our time together in this episode. Full permission to become a prolific content creator, creator, a beautiful parent, a wonderful friend in a way that works for you. At this point, you've likely heard a lot of messages over your life. You know, you need to have a strong morning routine. You need to wake up at 5 a.m. You need to drink green juice, whatever it is. 
Instagram is the most important social media platform. You shouldn't spend any time on social media. And the truth is everybody's right. They just may not all be right for you. We're often taught about life from one point of view. Just do it. Be everything. Be powerful. Be strong. Push through. You need to do these things to be happy. You need to do these things to be good, to be perfect. Now go do it. Now what's tricky about this is that we're all so different. We have a plethora of hangups, quirks, and self-defeating behavior patterns that make life a little more tricky than just doing it. I've grown tired of watching incredible people limited by this one-size-fits-all approach to advice. And that's why I brought the Enneagram into my practice. The Enneagram is an incredible personality typing tool that shows us not only our behavior patterns, but also why they exist in the first place. So how do we sort out what will work for you? When we're working with people who are devoting their energy to their bigger goals, I focus first on getting to know them. Using the Enneagram, we can get underneath what they're doing and into why we're doing it. These mechanisms that we develop, they come with their own set of superpowers and their own set of blind spots. Repeated patterns of behavior that are designed to keep us stuck and incredible skills that will aid us in making impact in the world. The work that I want us to do is really making a support plan for our blind spots while optimizing our strengths. So today I'm going to run through each of the Enneagram types and talk through what this can look like for you. If you don't know your type yet, don't worry. You can likely recognize yourself in one or two of the numbers anyway. So type one, you guys are incredible at that refining process, right? Once a piece is complete, you're able to read through it and find the elements that need adjusting in order to make it better. You are natural born editors and can easily take a piece from good to great. You're also diligent and consistent. You show up every day and you do the work. Now, where this can get tricky is actually hitting publish, pushing forward. For, for many ones, the refining process is never ending. There's always more to improve and always more to be done. It's helpful to create internal deadlines for your process and stick to them. There's no perfect piece of content. You will always be able to find something that could be better, but when the deadline comes, you can say to yourself, done is better than perfect. Hit publish and move on. Now, our type twos are a force of love. They are warm and open and easy to appreciate. They can identify the needs of others and meet those needs intuitively. Now, when it comes to getting your own work into the world, twos are masters at helping the people in their lives get their work out into the world. Where this gets tricky for a type two is in doing things for themselves. They thrive on collaboration and would rather drop their ice cream cone on the sidewalk than let someone else down. Yet, a type two struggles to prioritize time for the projects they want to work on. In fact, many find it challenging to be behind a computer at all because it lacks human connection. For type twos, I recommend allocating one day a week to your big goals where you can't be reached. Turn your phone off, your Wi-Fi off, and just sit down and create. The world will be fine if you are unplugged for a few hours each week. The earth will keep spinning. Your friends and family can get in touch with you in just a few hours and everything will be fine. I would also suggest having a friend or 
a friend or a loved one holding you accountable. That way you have someone else that is expecting things of you, someone you would never think of disappointing. Now type threes, you know it's trending. You can create things that are not only relevant, but also inspiring. You are hard workers who dedicate yourselves to constantly growing and improving. You pay attention and learn from those that have come before you. You're not necessarily, you're not typically afraid to make mistakes and do better next time. You're naturally built to be productive and efficient. Where this gets tricky for the three is in your expectation for yourself. You tend to push yourselves to the point of exhaustion and run the risk of crashing. Oftentimes, threes ride this wave of inspiration, creating a ton of content or a ton of work, doing it all at once, and then going radio silent for weeks at a time. And this can be hard for the three because the need to recover feels like failure, like you've lost your mojo and aren't sure if you will ever recover. I suggest that type threes batch create their content or their work. And when the inspiration is there, create, 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 and schedule it out as far in advance as you are able to. Use your creations across multiple platforms or multiple projects. A blog post can be a podcast, can be an Instagram live, can be an Instagram caption. And then do that for the next four to six weeks. That way you can rest easy during your downtime, knowing that everything is taken care of and you are too. All right, type fours are original and creative. They aren't afraid to share authentically and they have a true gift for self-reflection that can bleed into the ability for others to reflect honestly on their lives as well. Now beyond that, type fours have a gift for beauty. They value things that are aesthetically pleasing and are able to see the ways in which you can make what is considered average extraordinary. Now everyday tasks can be tricky for a type four. Fours have a lot of self-defeating thought patterns that tell them they are just destined for greatness, but also destined for failure. Now, this can lead them to an incredible world of success that lives only in their minds. Type fours should create structure in their day. Select a time of day that is for moving their projects forward, and then show up at the same time every day and do the work. Some days will be magic, and other days will be staring at a blank piece of paper, and that's fine. The important thing is that you show up. Release the idea that having a bad creation day means that you are a bad creator. It's normal to have off days, so don't stop trying because of it. Keep showing up day after day after day. Type fives are observant, aware, and well-researched. It's not uncommon for a type five to become the go-to expert in their field. They tend to look at things from every angle, researching the ins and outs, the origins, and the varied belief systems around a given topic. Now beyond this, they pay attention to the world around them. Where creation can be tricky for a type five is kind of twofold. First, there's the belief that there's always more to learn. Type fives can feel like they don't have quite enough information to be qualified to speak up. The second part is that type fives can be very private people who don't want to share themselves with the world. And therefore, they may want to keep a lot of themselves, a lot to themselves and have a hard time determining what is good to share and what they may want to hold on to. And the habit I recommend for type fives is to do a creation challenge where you hit publish every day for a quarter, whether that's a daily blog post, a daily Instagram story, a daily piece of art, Pick something that pushes you a bit out of your comfort zone. This will help you to overcome the consistent desire to research more and more and help you to quickly determine what is shareworthy and what is not. 
Type sixes, you are diligent and dedicated. You show up each day and do the work that needs to be done. You aren't afraid of hard work and are equipped to handle anything that may come your way. Sixes also do an amazing job of serving their clients and their audience and thinking through what people need. They're dedicated and loyal to the work that they are doing and most don't take the commitments that they make lightly so you know that they will follow through. Where creation gets tricky for a type six is that they can often overthink the process and this can lead to self-doubt. Type sixes are also easily fearful of what it can mean to allow success and notoriety into their life and that can keep them from going as big as they're capable of going. Now, it's not misguided to ask for feedback, but I'd recommend that type sixes limit the number to one to two people. People who are decisive and committed to helping you succeed and that you respect. Create your creation plans a decent amount of time in advance, maybe a month, and have one conversation with someone about what you're thinking as far as your upcoming creations. Once you've agreed on what is coming up, do what you do best and get the work done. Don't second guess yourself. It can be very helpful for a six to practice their, their being decisive in small decisions so that they are prepared to make big ones when the time comes. Okay, type sevens, my fellow sevens. You are great with ideas, right? Here's an ever flowing stream of new ideas and concepts and big plans. Sevens are also relatable, exciting, engaging, and not afraid of being busy. Now, sevens aren't afraid to put themselves out there, take risks, and create something that's never been done before. Where creation gets tricky for a type seven is in the follow-through. They can be quick to make big promises and forget that they ever even made a commitment. They can also struggle to prioritize their energy, so they end up overcommitted and underproducing. This can come into their ability to be creative and to follow through with the promises that they make to themselves and others. Type sevens also don't like to do mundane tasks, so they really will have to love doing what they're doing to show up and commit to doing it every day. Type sevens should get in the habit of creating an outline before, before maybe writing. If a type seven sits down to a blank screen without a topic in mind, it could lead to a day wasted on distractions. Instead, I suggest a process that looks more like this. Keep a note in your phone where you write down all of your ideas, and then when it's time to create, hide your phone, turn off your Wi-Fi, and outline your topic. This will help you to get the basic structure out so that you can expand on the points you want to make. It will help you to get started and prevent you from wasting time with distractions. After you've outlined, either step away and come back to expand at a separate session or keep going if the energy is there. Bonus tip, have someone proofread your work before publishing. We are notorious for typos because we are ready to move on to the next thing. Type eights are incredible leaders, decisive problem solvers, and radical action takers. They aren't afraid of hard work and are persuasive because they come to the table with a natural air of authority. Where creation gets tricky for a type eight is in taking the time to see the importance of it. Many type eights need to be convinced that, con that, that creation and creativity is worth their time. They don't mind doing the work and aren't afraid of the hustle, However, they want to be as efficient as possible, and that can lead to ideas being discarded because the idea wasn't convincing enough to warrant the eight's time. A quarterly creation audit and emphasis on education is a good habit to start for a type eight. By stepping back, you can see the bigger picture and make sure you're taking the right steps to get there. Slow down and be open to advice. Maybe you'll incorporate that feedback or maybe not. 
Either way, considering all options can help you make the best decision. The reason this is important when, with creation is that there may be tools, platforms, best practices that you may have overlooked because you haven't sought out feedback. With this, you are likely leaving good, good work and good ideas on the table and missing out on opportunities that could be right for you and your work in the long run. Type nines are great at seeing the world through the eyes of other people. They are mediators, counselors, and often very cherished friends. They aren't easily frazzled and have the ability to truly roll with the punches. Type nines make amazing counselors, teachers, coaches, because they're truly able to put themselves in the shoes of other people and not lose connection to their individual experience. Type nines can struggle with two things when it comes to creation. First, they have a tendency to avoid discomfort, and this means they will likely try to talk themselves out of doing things that could be difficult or where they'll have to learn a new skill. Secondly, they tend to agree with those around them. This means that when surrounded by more assertive types, they can be pushed into doing things that are, aren't personally passionate about. Now, two solutions for these issues. One, they can break up large tasks into smaller chunks. Every project should be at least six steps, if not more. That way, no individual step is too overwhelming. And two, they can spend time alone. This alone time helps a type nine figure out what they really want and get used to the feeling of freedom that can exist with no one else's opinions at play. In the same way, don't set your intention for creation before you've created. Don't bring in other people's doubts, fears, worries, or stories until you've already made what you want to make. Now y'all, if you take nothing else away from our time together, I hope that you leave knowing today that you are the decider for your life. So you get to choose where you put your time and energy and how you decide to make things. And you get to customize this to understanding of yourself. None of us are out here doing everything. It is worth it to think about who you are, your strengths and the things you might need to work through when it comes to making a plan for creating more. If you are ready to move from the pressure to be everything to everyone and start taking back your time, doors to the Brave Collective are open. See everything that my online community offers at thebravecollective.co. Hi friends, happy Monday. I hope your weekend treated you well. Today we're going to have a conversation about the Enneagram and creation. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. 